When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Deadly Boys, Michael Hamfler from What Culture, to review everything that happened on this week's episode of Friday Night SmackDown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review SmackDown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT, Dubai, oh, AW Dynamite, baby, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a pretty good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by fellow Great North runner Michael Hamflet to review SmackDown. Uh, but before we talk about that, how are your legs, mate? Well, this is it. you got to give the people what they want, and what they want is to know that we're in a lot of pain today. Oh, um, I'm all right. You think these wrestlers have got it hard? I know, this is it, you know? Like, try uh, try running 13.1 miles once, and then <laughs> having, having to get a packed bus once. Like... Jeez, all these complaining about, about injuries. Always working hurt, yeah? We're working hurt today. Yeah. Limping up the stairs into the studio. You just know tape it up, buddy. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing all right. We've, uh, we were just talking with Josh Brown and Scott Tailford, also of this parish, What Culture Gaming, sharing our Great North Run uh, highlights and memories and stuff like that. I really leaned in this year to the... Uh, the occasion of it, the, uh, to use the WWEism, the pageantry of it. Yes. By which I mean slapping fives with kids, taking sweets, all that kind of thing, ice lollies. Not um, a half of lager at mile 11, <laughs> which looked the most like delectable thing in the world, but uh, it would have been a bad idea. Was that the Wyland Brewery doing that? I think so, yeah. Shout I don't just, those guys. I just been like, I, th- I, th- I call it a day, yeah. I don't need my medal. I'll just Can I just keep going with these, please? I very nearly grabbed it because I don't know, it must have been like a dark ale they were offering. I thought, mm. is that like a small glass of Coca-Cola? <laughs> I might need that little sugar boost. And I was like, oh no. No, it was absolutely tremendous. Um, we've done it on Twitter and I've used other podcasts and streams and all this sort yeah. of stuff. But just the sincerest thank you to everybody um, who has listened to this now who has donated, which, to be honest, is the majority of my yes. donations. Um, unbelievable generosity, not least in times of financial hardship pretty much across the world. The, it's then cheeky for me to say it is open for another month. So if you care to donate, you still can do mm-hmm. for September, October, whatever it is. But um, all the cliches that everybody says when they're fundraising are true because it does absolutely power you around. Something that is fundamentally stupid. You're making your legs run that many miles or for that long oh. period of time. It's fundamentally stupid. And shout out, by the way, 
to the uh, extended Wilborn cinematic universe, <laughs> I got um, I got some quality time in with uh, with your parents and your better half this weekend. Who cooked great dinners? Who mm. took us out for drinks and food and all this sort of stuff? So I got this. Really was when I said greatest North Run, I was only really referring to the fundraising, <laughs> but I didn't count on the full Wilborn package as well. So I, I, I feel like I got the best of every world. Yeah, it was it was a hell of a weekend. Just to just to echo your your thoughts on uh, thanking everyone who came out and supported. Mm. Congratulations to everyone who ran the race uh, or walked it or however you completed it. It was, it was incredible Shout to see the to people. Simon, I think it was. He told us he was listening to the Dynamite review yes. as he was running and what I wouldn't have given to been able to run alongside him <laughs> and just spook, like, especially if we'd have like come at the same time either side of him and we're, hello, <laughs> just to see if his headphones weren't working. And yeah, uh, thank you to everyone who donated uh, for, for, for my charity as well. Uh, really important cause, very close to my heart. And just, yeah, like you said, there was uh, there was a moment on that race. I think it was between uh, mile eight and mile nine, where I just wanted to give up. You go to that Derek place. <laughs> I've uh, I've never done a half marathon before. This is my first one, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I can now see why we have Derek Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> Let me just say that because uh, oof, I almost faded to black. Oh, which allows us to seg nicely to uh, this week's. Smackdown review. Uh, what do you make of this show? Not bad. Not bad. Um, not bad. It's one of those, isn't it? If it's not got Roman on, yeah, it's there's always feels season. like something missing. But I mean, what a start this show had. So this wasn't. Yeah, right. We'll get to that in a second. Not a bad show, right? And I want to. I'm trying to pass my thoughts on Smackdown lately because we used to enjoy particularly the Smackdown preview more so than the review. I think because it allowed you your mind to wander into the wackiest of realms. You could kind of come up with all sorts of nonsense because despite being the billion-dollar wrestling show, it was the sillier of the two, unless they had Roman Reigns on, in which you could basically discount half an hour of content for his <laughs> bit. So it was it was always hard to sort of figure out what the show was going to be like. Different now, um, but. Oddly, it remains seemingly, despite being the moneymaker, of a secondary concern at Triple H. It does feel like it's where he's been a bit more experimental. Mm. Raw, it's as if he's trying to turn it back into the flagship. Yeah. Even though SmackDown has decidedly been that since his Fox Hill started. So we're in a strange place for SmackDown at the moment. What I really liked about this was that, despite his best efforts over the years to rip the word fun out of fundamentals, he couldn't do it because some of the talent just insisted on being really, really fun. Yeah. There was a couple of cases out on this episode um, we're going to get to the the section at the end, obviously, and you know maybe why that was particularly divisive and all that sort of stuff. But there were definitely, definitely some like <laughs> some pro wrestling positives from you know in a week where a lot of things were going on in AEW. <laughs> Blessed WWE, the little engine that could. Yes. Carried on, chugging away, making his little wrestling shows, having a great old time. <laughs> like, what a, what a strange pivot. Like, yeah. uh, like, the conversation and the discourse and the vibes have taken in this last sort of couple of months. And that's what this SmackDown felt like. It's like, well, you've gone in big on a couple of new projects and you're following through. So yeah. let's just see how this all goes. We said this, I think, on the preview, but I was watching watching this, this episode of SmackDown over the weekend and it did not feel like only a week has passed since Clash at the Castle. God, no, no. It's a, well, do you know what's strange, right? Is you know the um, when AEW was you know like crushing NXT in the, the Wednesday Night Wars, I would say from everything leading up to the pandemic, give or take the mm-hmm. odd Dark Order weeks and Rhea Ripley and Shayna and that. For the most part, there was always a momentum shift that NXT just could not arrest. And uh, one of the things was the intangibles. The, when you watch AEW, 
That all, I was never big into the all friends wrestling narrative or this idea that everyone's mates. It's wrestling. Every, you know, mm. There's going to be competition. But you could just feel this sense of energy about this locker room. And even if you've got like a professional rivalry or personal little digs backstage, when the red light was on, Everybody was thinking we're gonna yeah. make we're gonna make this is a project that we're gonna make work and we're gonna make succeed. Whereas NXT did develop that kind of cynical like lens of are oh, they doing this to neg the opposite like it just felt so reactionary all the time. The big matches started to feel a bit fake because like uh, well I was wanted uh, to be a double champion actually. I can no longer hold the responsibility <laughs> of the North American <laughs> title. Like it just felt off. NXT no longer felt like, as it did once before, like this coming together of people and wrestlers and fans and all that sort of thing. I'm not suggesting WWE is that, but AEW this week, like, had no choice but to present this United locker room working together as a product again, whereas WWE, without forcing it, sort of feels like one at the yeah, moment. absolutely. Like, momentum is such a subjective thing, and you can look at, let's say, if you're not into Solar Sokoa on this show or really on Raw, something like an Austin Theory, let's say, if you're not into a character, you could find you could look across WWE and find the character that dispels the argument that momentum is with WWE. Mm. You can find an angle that you find boring or fake or whatever. But I just think across these broadcasts, it is. Mm. And I, but I don't know how else to articulate that because it's either a feeling, you've either got it or you won't. Some people watch WWE and never be able to see through the fact that it is just this quite clean-cut, heavily soapy, sometimes fake feeling thing. Mm -hmm. But I just, I feel like the um, morale is coming through through the wrestlers' performances. Exactly. This opener is like a perfect example of that as well. Uh, so the show started with a recap, of course, what happened at Clash at the Castle and the interference from Solo Squad. Solo Squad. Um, who's the star of NXT 2.0. If you if you don't know about him, go back and listen to all of our NXT, NXT 2.0 reviews. <laughs> Homework. You won't be disappointed. Homework assignment. The last 51 NXT podcast. <laughs> reviews and previews. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the big reveal. Who is replacing Pat McAfee? We gave a, a whole load of suggestions to who it could be. And it turned out to be Corey Graves. <laughs> <laughs> he did a fine job, to be fair. Yeah, he was okay. It was just a bit Roy Hodgson meme, wasn't it? When you exactly. Said it? Yeah. Uh, and then we got, yeah, this opener, which... You know, off the back of Clash at the Castle, you thought, wow. I mean, it's a five stars, according to yeah. Dave Meltzer. Um, Gunther versus Sheamus at Clash at the Castle. If you haven't watched it, do go and check it out. It is more than worthy of that sort of a rating. Uh, and I thought, you know, it's often I sit here and go, oh, bloody hell, this feud must continue. But yes, this feud must continue mm -hmm. because we get the brawling roots. Brawling who? Brawling brutes <laughs> versus, what do you call them now? Gimperium. Well, I said Gimperium because they're Imperium, but with their new sort of WWE names. But even that feels like it's getting scaled. But like, we're stuck with the names, but the aesthetic that everybody loved exactly. and missed is back. Yes, it is. They're now under the names Gunther, Ludwig, Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci. I miss the red, you know. Yes. I like the red. But they just, and these six lads love kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. And you can just tell how well they work together. So they start off, uh, Rich Bloody Holland gets kind of isolated. But uh, he fires back up, tags in Butch. Butch just starts breaking people's fingers <laughs> left, right, and center. Uh, and then there's a nice moment with Gunther tagging in. Uh, and just a nice pause of, like, uh, we're different people now, but yeah. the history that those two have got, obviously. Uh, and, and Butch just, no fear. He's a, he's a dog off his leash. He just jumps on top of him. Uh, but Gunther takes his attacks and just... Like, oh, is that, you call that a chop? This is a chop. <laughs> Nails in with that. Uh, and then in comes Seamus, and the crowd goes bloody wild. I can't get over how much. Because he hasn't really... 
like changed. He hasn't mm. been like, I'm going to be a good guy now. Yeah. He's just through force of ass kicking become this mega baby face all of a sudden. And you know what? It's a very sort of, ah, you get, you've got me. But any young TV people out there, that's how you hook people across a break. Seamus tags yeah. in, people go, oh, yes, we're getting more of this. And they go, back after this. And you go, son of a bitch, I'm in. And they come back with a headlock. They're two men out in the ring, are they? It's like Giov- uh, Giovanni Vinci with a headlock or something. Something like that, it is. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'll mention this now because I'll forget in the roundup of the match at the end. But the Seamus thing, it's awesome. It's absolutely brilliant. But we shouldn't, or, and we are collectively, we shouldn't be reacting with such surprise because just because this is how WWE hasn't functioned, this is how wrestling always has. Yes. Um, Sheamus has had maybe two good months under Triple H's, like, penna. The brawling brutes were fine, but, like, particularly under Triple H's uh, taking over of WWE. Them, them as an act have had a good period. Yeah. The Gunther feud was well built too. And Sheamus is a guy with... Like, 13 years of credit in the bank with fans. But unfortunately, in WWE, that typically means, oh, this character is 13 TV years old. There might as well be 100. Yeah. We talk about TV age all the time. It's not about the age on the birth certificate. It's about the age of that character. And Dolph Ziggler, for example. Yeah, exactly. These characters are not old men, but the... Sorry, these men are not old men, but these characters are ancient feeling because you've just been exposed to the same stuff every single week. And it's just easy to forget and it's easy to just sort of watch a, a three-star match and glaze over rather than being like, man, these are in three stars every week and they've got fours and fives in their back pockets. And to get the story that builds up to the match and then the match to deliver on the expectations, it's as if all at once... I, I was like a bar guy, but I too was guilty of just sort of taking Seamus for granted, I think. Mm. I think me and you quite enjoyed the... Um, remember the bar fight you had with uh, Big E in the pandemic? Yeah. Felt like one of them lone highlights of it. But like, other than when he was teaming with Cesaro, I was kind of like, yeah, I'd give or take Seamus. Uh, the bit where he went up top in that match, I think it was like a triple threat with Jeff Hardy. And yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. One of the all-time moments of the year. It's like flashpoints, isn't it? You're kind of talking in like little moments. It's like, is this enough? 13 years. Is He's this... 100% a wrestler I'd go for a pint with. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, and well, because like, then if it kicked off, you'd know you'd have the right person <laughs> in your corner. But yeah, it's just, it's it's... I think there's going to be a lot of cases where there's going to have to be pet projects or people that are rebuilt from scratch. I'm thinking like a Ricochet, for example. You you do need to start again yeah, with Ricochet. Yeah, that, yeah. Like the way he was damaged, that's just that's a complete rehab and rebuild. But there's going to be a lot of these guys where they've just been kicking around for so long and have still got you know then they've still got something left, basically still mm. got something to offer. And Sheamus isn't going to have some sort of amazing five year run with the world title. But if we're talking a I guess he doesn't do B-shows anymore. But if we're talking an opponent for Roman Reigns, who would be a credible babyface, you can now stick him on the list. And the last time we talked about that, we realised already the list is way bigger than it was a few months back. And that shows you what happens when you get even, like, three or four babyfaces Mm -hmm. and suddenly feel, we've sort of put Owens back in the bracket. He would have never have been there a few months back. Even with the Austin main event. It's like, well, it's really fun, but he's fighting around with Ezekiel. You cannot pivot from that to Roman Reigns title contender. Mm -hmm. This is, I think, the merit of spotting the the sort of the almost simplistic methods of getting guys back to a level again. And Seamus, this reaction, that absolutely spoke for itself as a babyface, which the Brawling Brutes now are against Imperium, and Seamus as the leader of that group, it would take nothing to position them against the bloodline for a one-off when Roman, like he did against Riddle. Yes. Something like that. Like, I think Seamus is like instantly in that spot. Uh, so as we mentioned, yeah, they go to a break teasing Seamus and Gunther. When we come back... 
Neither of them are in the ring, I don't think, <laughs> at that point. Uh, Butch gets the hot tag, though. He runs wild. He knocks Imperium off the apron. He stomps on people's fingers uh, and then just gets nailed with a chop behind the referee's back by Gunther. Uh, Gunther and Sheamus get into it at ringside. They're not the legal men, but just because they're clashing, uh, the crowd are like, oh, yes, here we go, <laughs> get into it. Yeesh, baby. Um, Vinci hits Butch with a clothesline to take over. We go to another break. Uh, but finally, Sheamus comes in, gets the hot tag, and gets a great reaction, as I say. He uh, hits uh, Kaiser with... It's meant to be the 10 beats of the... Is it Bodron? Bodron, yeah. yeah. There wasn't. There was way more than that. And, yeah. that, and oh, the only person who actually cared was the referee. Because I was like, <laughs> just keep going forever. Um, knocks Gunther off the apron. Yeah, gives Kaiser a white noise onto Giovanni Vinci. And I'm loath to often bring this up because I know people go, oh, you always bring up AEW when you talk about WWE. But this reminded me of like early AEW, when it was good. Um, <laughs> when uh, when there were so many people and you're like, who's legal? I, actually, I don't care. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, well, you shouldn't need to, you know, and then you, they, you know, all this old referees. And you can, sometimes I agree to a certain extent that they shouldn't just roll around ringside for the sake of it. And the referee just goes, ah, oh, bollocks. Mm. Have two minutes outside the ring because who cares? But the legal, the people who were legal in this, I genuinely didn't know who it was, who it was, and it sort of added to it because I was like, "Oh my god, here comes this person," and this, yeah. then they hit, get hit with whatever. So yeah, you get a, a bro kick from Sheamus on Vinci, then Kaiser, I assume, is the legal man, rolls Sheamus up. Uh, Holland's got Kaiser beat then, but then Gunther comes in with a huge chop to break it up. Huge chop. Uh, they they start, him and Gunther start trading. Sorry, Sheamus and Gunther start trading shots. Uh, everyone starts brawling. It's so wild. Uh, and then in the end, Sheamus and Gunther are fighting around ringside. And in the ring, Vinci makes a blind tag and they uh, they hit the Imperial Bomb on Ridge Bloody Holland for the victory. I mean, loved it. Uh, clearly, our enthusiasm has already bled through this match, but absolutely loved it. I am... Um, I funnily that some like how you were describing that there. Sometimes that would be a bit of a personal piss boiler for me, particularly in the tags, more so than the, the trios of the multi-mans in AEW. Um, but I know what you're saying. I will say in the defense of this match as an example of how to do it right, I think they always play it, especially with the brawling brutes as a gimmick, like even if you wanted to, the referee cannot regain yes. control. It's less sort of patronizing to think that the referee is basically trying to break up a bar fight than he yes. is control of wrestling matches. Like, it's less about tag rope neglect. I think that might be scanned as a bit generous because I just really enjoyed this. I was mm-hmm. completely swept up in it. All action, as you say. I uh, We were very, very high in our praise of Imperium after Gunther left NXT. And we were finally starting to get into, well, now Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, call them by the new names. Um, that has just picked right back up. You know, obviously that chemistry was never going to go just because they were split off for a few months. But inst- like the energy that those two have as a tag team to now split off into SmackDown's tag division, I cannot wait to see some of that. Yes, please. Like I'll take them in the Usos and I'll take some sort of like a, you know, like a, you've got Gunther as the Intercontinental Champion. If you wanted to do well, maybe we want all belts, mm. you know, and that sort of thing. You can play with that if you want to. Because um, I assume off this, sooner or later, business will be concluded with the Brawling Brutes. So I felt maybe if you wanted to, you could have some sort of, Last payoff at Extreme Rules, maybe put some weapons in it just for the for the fun of it. But this—that's what I was thinking. Yeah, you know, th- this felt sort of as good a way as any. They might give the baby faces a happy ending win, but ultimately, this has done a good job of establishing Imperium as a threat. Gunther, we already had one as that, but they've you know they've taken down the brawling brutes here. Pete Dunn as well as Butch. Butch will be must mi- must. I'm going to miss Butch when he leaves. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss not being able to sort of see this dog. But I am even impressed by the way they are transitioning back from dog to human. Yeah. It's not just this... Uh, animorphs. Yeah. 
Yes, like Adam Moss. We all just assumed that he'd pretty much have like the day one, he'd have the singlet back on and he'd just be doing all the Pete Dunne stuff. And to be fair, they've kind of found like, and now he's not a dog. He's just a guy that comes out and is like desperate to fight and they're holding him back. Mm. And we're like next week is going to be less so and less so. And sure enough, the breeze away. It's is. less of a dog's name and more of a nickname now, if that makes any sense. Uh, Pete Butch Dunn is mere yeah. weeks away. You're bringing it? Butch to the pub. Yeah, Butch will probably come with us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want a bar fight. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice one for extreme I'd take that, a bar fight. Because I've got this spot in my mind where he's got Seamus and he goes to chop him. And you know the bit that like opens up so you can go behind a bar? Yeah. The little. The hatch. The hatch. Mm-hmm. Chops that and breaks it off. Yeah, love that. You could also have, you know, the, the regular or the local that always has the same spot yes. in the corner every day. And, like, there's a there's a spot. And they, they Keeps to himself. Yeah, that guy. And everyone likes it that way. That's a mutual thing. Like, the, uh, <laughs> the the fight spills over to that table in that corner. And then he's just absolutely furious. And he just looks at Imperium and says, the seat is sacred. <laughs> and he throws beer in the face. Or he sat there with a little pint of mild or something. And, I don't know, uh, Butch grabs, let's say, Ludwig Kaiser and does the whole slide along the bar, glasses flying everywhere. Yeah. And uh, Dave, or whatever his name is, just picks his pint up and Kaiser just flies past him and there's a little nod between yeah. Dave, Dave <laughs> and Butch and he puts it back down. And maybe Butch replaces the little uh, coaster that was there. Or, so you get the Brawling Brutes get the big win. Yes. You know, obviously, it's, this kind of one doesn't matter compared to the matches, but they get the big win. Nice, send him home, happy sort of deal. And then the jukebox is playing the whole time in the pub. Right, and then uh, it, like I don't know, something's playing in the background, something that's meaningless and nobody cares about anymore. Shiggy baby, here we go, something like that, playing <laughs> in the background. And then like the brawling brutes win, but it's a bar. There's no music, is there? But then you just hear like, somebody puts a pound in. It's a shame for thing. That's the head. And the brawling brutes like walk out to Seamus's old too many limes music and too many. Limes. Then we've had uh, Jeff Hardy, Drew, Seamus, check, 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 and everyone can shut the fuck up about them. <laughs> like you've had it, just. Stop it now. And like, Stop it. Can we move on? <laughs> uh, speaking of moving on, we then got uh, the Usos and the honorary Use, Sami Zayn, <laughs> who is in, I think, career best form right now. Might be. He dances out there. He, he leads this thing. Before <laughs> Jimmy and Jake is anything, he's telling them, get those wands up. Get your wands in the air. Uh, Jimmy loves this. Yeah. <laughs> it is yin and yang, isn't it? It's, it's great, man, this. Jimmy with his thing. hand in the air, doing the secret handshake, and Jay just looking at Sammy, like, <laughs> how, how have you weaseled your way into this group? And Zane starts going up, growing up in honor use. <laughs> Jay cuts him off. All right, look, let's talk about Roman. He beat Drew McIntyre, he's still the champ, blah, blah, blah. Um, Zane still has to steal the, lime, uh, the limelight here in the best possible way. He's sort of like a hype man. Yeah. He's so, I, I'm not sure if it was him saying this exactly, but he was certainly doing the whole, no cap, that sort of <laughs> thing on there uh, after every line from Jay. And then they introduce Solos, um, who comes out with a little video package, for those of you who don't know. Again, uh, 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 I think he's been a, a real revelation in yeah, 2.0. Yeah. And they pick some of the best spots from him, like splashing people through mm. tables and just kicking everyone's ass. Thank you, Von Wagner. Yes. Uh, more on him potentially on the podcast this week. Mm. Just a tease for you there. Um, he obviously gets a hell of a reaction because he screwed Drew at the premium live event. Uh, and he basically says, uh, anyone who goes after my family, I'm going to come after you, basically. Uh, and they reiterated this familial bond. 
And just a little voice in the back of my head goes, who else is in that family, Adam? Is it your favourite wrestler of all time? Oh, it is, yeah. <laughs> You're going to go down to family. Oh, don't tease me with this. Anyway, McIntyre's music hits, of course. He's fuming, uh, unlike what he was at the end of the pay-per-view where he was singing with Tyson Fury because someone forgot to yell cut, apparently. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and uh, yeah, he storms down to the ring. He's got a chair in his hand, and Zayn and the Usos get out of dodge. But Solo Sokoa, he's a hard bastard, and he says, "Nah, I'm going to take my lick in here." And he, he's, he's going to cl- collide with Drew as he goes to grab Drew through the ropes. Drew sort of jabs him with the chair, and he spills down, and he's he's on his hands and knees, and Drew's about to nail him with the chair, and then the hero, Sami Zayn, takes that bullet for him. He dives in, he pushes Sokoa out of the way, he eats the chair shot. And as uh, they lick their wounds and head up the ramp, uh, McIntyre challenges Sokoa to a match, which was subsequently confirmed to be the main event of the night. This kind of ruled. Um, yeah. I know that, uh, like, I know if my esteemed colleague was here, Cedric, rightfully so, would pick up, well, what was the main event going to be? Impromptu stuff. It's still that lazy, kind of laboured WWE thing. And I will absolutely do that on his behalf because it's a fight worth having and a hill worth dying on. However, in every other respect, I thought this was super effective. I. hesitant as I am to put Triple H over ever, really, this reeks of his careful arrangement of how to, like, deal with new characters and make sure that everybody remains credible. Sammy taking the bullets all the time is the reason he's in the bloodline, so you have to keep that bond legitimised. Like, how many times has he done this now? Even Jay sort of had to accept later, yeah, you know what, fair play. He's jumping on all these landmines, right, and that's how he remains in the bloodline. That's what... Roman, like, the, the quiet bit isn't getting said loud, but that's why he's in the group, yeah. right? He's going to take all these shots, and it means that nobody else has to. And that's, that. like, everyone feels happy because Sammy gets his validation, but Kevin can be like, look what they're using you for, man. And that all of that informs the turn, and it's going to... When have be, they taken a bullet for you, etc. Exactly. Et all that stuff's going to be fantastic. But Solo Sikoar here, uh, not only getting to own his moment and cut a pretty good promo yeah. and, and take it, like, he was the central focus of this, not backing down from Drew... And then accepting a match, having already taken a knock, like, off to the floor, is that sort of, like, a way to sort of have him be, obviously, a heel, but try and be a bit of a tough guy with it. Mm. He's not going to, like, he knows what he did at Clash at the Castle, and he's not going to run away from the responsibility of that. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was quite, a, like, an ins- even as a heel, like, quite an inspired way, rather than just going down the typical, usual coward stuff. Like, you have a baby face who's kind of a smiling jackass and a heel that's a coward. And it's just those tropes that Vincent Mann loved. It was so nice to see this played out. It was like, nobody really... Like, Drew lost the credibility at Clash with Tyson Fury. He didn't lose any here. That wasn't his fault, though. Well... Because they they apparently should have closed the show. Yeah, I mean, it did feel weird that it was happening on air. And then they just did the send the crowd home happy thing on the pay-per-view. Horrendous, that. But... Like him running out with a chair and ready to get down to business was the sort of the right move for yeah. Babyface. I'm not going to put up with this. I've been absolutely screwed here. Just thought everybody came out of this pretty well. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. 
until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, then we got um, a tag match featuring the women's tag team champions for now. They're in action on Raw tonight. We'll talk about it on the Raw mm. preview a little bit later on today. Uh, that is Raquel Rodriguez and Aaliyah. They're taking on Toxic Attraction, represented here by Gigi Dolin. And JC Jane, um, we got a little promo, an inset promo here um, with them because I think they were going to face each other in the semi-final and injuries or whatever it was yeah. meant that didn't happen. So we're going to finally get our match now. Um, i got to be honest, this wasn't great. Uh, I, I think the nicest thing I can say was miscommunication in large parts. I felt like a lot of people kind of got lost here. It's yet another reason for why for me I'd take the tag titles off. Raquel Rodriguez and Leah. I've got not as many issues with Rodriguez as I do with Aaliyah. Uh, I think Rodriguez can still play a major role, but maybe probably as a solo person. She looked great here, dominated, press slammed Aaliyah onto Jane for a near fall at one point. Uh, but Toxic Attraction take over. They isolate Aaliyah. This was where it all went a bit skew mm. with. If I, eventually, though, Aaliyah breaks free, gets the Rodriguez, who gets the hot tag. A nice twisting elbow from her for a near fall. Toxic Attraction, take over, go for a double suplex, but the finish was good. Aaliyah comes in, spears Gigi Dolin, and Rodriguez hits the Tejana bomb on JC Jane for the one, two, three. I really wanted to be able to call this a noble failure until the match played out and it was really just a failure, yeah. Mm. I, um, I It's another not particularly stellar night for Toxic Attraction as newcomers on SmackDown. Like, I want to move to praise the fact that they revisit this match as if to, like, respect the tenets of the tournament. Like, Toxic Attraction missed out through injury. So, as we would always say with AEW, if this was real and if these were fixtures, there's a good reason for yeah. this match to go again. You know, you, you run this back because Toxic Attraction were, had no choice but to exit a tournament that they were never limited from. So, you do this. Mm-hmm. And then this isn't very good. And you're like, well, what was the point in the first place? And then your attention moves. None of this is related to the match, which is the biggest problem of all. But your attention then moves to, well, the tag team champions don't feel remotely credible. Mm-hmm. So why have they got the belts in the first place? Oh, well, they've kind of done it through banana skin win because of the legal woman situation. And then you think, well, that's why we need to have the rematch and that's why I need to put the belts on the proper champion. The belt, Triple H knows this, used to say it all the time, like the belt does not make the man or the woman, mm-hmm. the man or the woman makes the belt. And it's like high time, I think in this case in particular, you probably practice what you preach. There is absolutely an avenue. Aaliyah, if she's got anything, it's perhaps sympathy. So there's definitely somewhere to go with Raquel, maybe. Still popular, Aaliyah. Yeah, like, so there's possibly something in Raquel turning on it as part of the team splitting up, maybe. I don't know if that's just too basic or they're maybe going to try and run with them and persevere and get them over but this did like this didn't have an obstacle for ronda on the road to wrestlemania yeah could be you know it just this did nothing for any of the four um jcdn and Gigi dolin are 
in my opinion, um, could like could spend a lot longer on NXT, get like getting seasoned. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what WWE want out of them. Are yes. they just happy with the gimmick that they don't mind that the matches aren't good? Because toxic for better and worse, they've become this like dominant gimmick on NXT. So maybe they're just thinking, well, we just run with it. Hit Row don't have great matches, but like Triple H is in love with that gimmick. So maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I it just this didn't feel like it was effective for anyone involved. And like, I'm gonna go for Triple H here because I've been the first to praise him on like developments in the women's. Yeah. Division. This is a pretty shoddy night for the women's division. Like, it felt like he was like doing the whole division down on this episode, with the one exception of a backstage vignette of all things, oh, yeah. which I know you would have loved. Match wise, poor, really yeah, poor. It was, well, yeah, it was followed by this fatal five way elimination match to determine the number one contender. Wonder who it could be. Who could be the number one contender <laughs> We've facing? Said this was a Vince problem, as like he's not fixing this. No. There's nobody credible like beyond Ronda and Shayna who they've just blown through. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, beforehand we got a video package uh, with Adam Pearce calling Ronda Rousey a bitch, <laughs> and then Ronda Rousey quite rightly putting him in an arm bar, in an arm bar to to react to that. I like the way he said it and then went, "Oh, I've just said it to Ronda Rousey." <laughs> the baby face there. Like, they've, they've baby-faced it again. Like, this has happened this last month. Like, at no point since SummerSlam, when the quote-unquote heel turn took place, has she been booed half as much as she was in the run-up to it. And now, it's going to be intriguing to see what they do in the next six months. Because she needs to be the heel, Becky Lynch needs to be the baby Got to get that felt like the intent of SummerSlam, didn't it? I think there's going to be something in this. You know, they were like, we're dealing with it internally. Mm. I think they're going to eventually do... She's got a connection. She's a, she's a star. She's a celebrity. She's got a connection with the higher ups, and there we want you to be champion, so we'll treat you nicely, sort of thing. I think there's something in that because no, so know, the man about- the man returns, but it's against big time Ronda. It's time she, we see Ronda donning the ridiculous clothes and the. Exactly. Hey, you're right. It is cool being rich and a massive celebrity and a massive star. Yeah, and Becky's like, I've gone down that road, and it's a uh, yeah. yeah, maybe yeah, that's not something bad. Give her a eighteen wheeler or whatever. We <laughs> have her lose at WrestleMania. Not. Becky this time. Um, Ronda versus Lacey Evans versus Zia Lee versus Natalia versus Sonia Deville uh, with Liv Morgan just eating popcorn up in the the crowds. It got a nice reaction, actually, when Mm -hmm. they showed Liv Morgan. Um, And there was a nice uh, nod to Jean LaBelle uh, by Ronda Rousey as well. Um, Everyone realizes quite early on, there's Ronda Rousey in this match, so we should probably all take her out of it. (laughs) Um, But she basically clears the ring, although... Zia Lee hit her with a snog-looking knee at one point. <laughs> I was like, well, Whoop. she's going to go Brock Lesnar and against Braun Strowman back in the day. It's going to be right now. Yeah. Uh, but no, it all worked really well. Um, but uh, Natalia had been hit with someone's finish. It was all a bit of a schmoz. Um, and uh, basically, Ronda Rousey slides back in. And Natalia's just sort of still writhing around from being attacked. And it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen now? Ronda Rousey stands over you and puts you in an arm bar. <laughs> so Natalia submits. She's the first elimination. Uh, and the second and third came in, in close, uh, close, what's the phrase? Quick succession. Quick succession. Thank you. Um, because Sonia Deville puts Zaylee in a chokehold and Ronda Rousey puts the arm bar on Lacey Evans. They both submit. They're gone. It is R- Rousey versus Deville. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they grapple it out. They, the the commentators put over their MMA experience. Rousey gets her up quite quickly for the pipe. Is put but Deville uh, counters that into a choke, and they fall outside. And Rousey resorts to throwing Deville into the barricade, which successfully breaks the hold. <laughs> and then she just chucks her back in. Pipe is pit to Sonya Deville. One two three. Uh, Rousey wins. She is the number one contender and will challenge Liv Morgan at Extreme Rules. I thought the hair up, square up element of Sonya Deville's presentation was nice. Other than that, I kind of felt like this was 
patronising, grabby, booking, in an attempt to make this look like a division when it's not a division. Mm. Quantity does not substitute for quality. Look, we ask, beg for more women's matches on Dynamite or the presence of a women's division rather than you get your one angle a week or you get your one segment a week or whatever. WWE are just as a cat. They have more television time with which to fill and often seemingly a thinner roster of women to you. They're just this SmackDown, probably all this year, has absolutely screamed lack of depth. Do you remember, just for the Royal Rumble, you had Charlotte Flair with the belt coming out and saying, well, these are all losers and I'm going to win the Rumble and just keep the belt. Yes. And then Sasha returned and she was like, actually, I'll win it. And it was like, oh, it's got two stars then. And do you remember <laughs> when like that, neither of those things happened? And then on SmackDown, it was, I want to say it was Natalia and Sonya, but I might be getting my heels mixed up. Maybe it was Shane or Sonya. It doesn't really matter. They did, um, hey, Ronda Rousey and Naomi are best friends this week. And they worked that crown jewel tag match yes. together. Like, now we associate Naomi as being with Sasha because they've left together. But like, they were besties for like a month. And <laughs> yes. it's, like, now it's happening in this division. Like, it's just, it's way for thin. The stories are like, virtually non-existent. And the matches like this happen all the time. When you've got like, line up a number one contender. We're going to have a gauntlet or a multi-woman. It's like, well, there's only one winner. It's Ronda yeah. Rousey, mate. Yeah. Or like Shayna Baszler in another case. It's just, it's, it's very, very lazy. It's rote. And like, I don't know how you fix it because the talent pool isn't shallow. But the thought going into it is, yes. Um, I want to be, I want to be as jazzed by the in ring as I was by the follow up segment with Rousey and Baszler. Well, let's talk about that now, yeah. actually, yeah, because we had the Usos bit. We'll talk about that in a second. That what followed that was Shayna Baszler uh, coming up to Ronda Rousey. She's walking through the back and she wishes her luck against Liv Morgan at Extreme Rules, but there's clearly a little, you know, c- careful out there because yeah. Liv Morgan's a slippery character, um, like a little eel. And Rousey says, "Look, I'm." Thanks, uh, but I know you're disappointed that you didn't win the title at Clash at the Castle. Why don't you come and find me when you're ready to take over this show? Oh my god! Oh my Just when I was, just when I was out, just when I thought, well, if it ever was going to happen, it was going to happen then. And they've got me again. <laughs> you're telling me there's a chance. May I present you with a pitch that I think will be to your liking, Wilbur? Ronda Rousey currently kicking ass against authority figures and not caring. Shayna Baszler walking around pretty much dressed like Triple H. Two-woman power trip. Oh. Followed by two-woman power trip explodes for the bailed. Yes, please. Yeah, let's do that, shall we? Yeah, really, really exciting to see where this Them tearing through in a couple of tags before it all falls apart is going to be <laughs> unbelievable. Just trying to out, like, when it starts getting a bit, like, niggly and they yeah. go, like, oh, you think you can torture someone more? Decimating Natalia so she bring Beth in for Divas of Doom versus Shayna and Ronda. Like, there's a lot you can do yeah. with Shayna and Ronda as a team for a bit before you have the match. Uh, so, the, yeah, we go backstage with the Usos and Sami Zayn and Solo Sokoa. And Sokoa actually thanks Zayn for taking that bullet for him. Uh, and Jay's, another, another roof that he's on side with. Jay's is like, <laughs> the numbers game now. Jimmy and Solo, they're like, yeah, thanks, Sammy. You're the best. <laughs> uh, and Jay's like, right, well, well Solo, you've got to do it on your own tonight. Sokoa goes, yeah, good, good idea. Uh, thanks for that. Um, but, you know, if I had only one person to come out there with me tonight, it would be Sammy. And Jay goes, all right, no, we're all going to go out, okay? <laughs> we're all going to go out there. This is wonderful storytelling. It's brilliant, man. It's absolutely, like, I defy anyone to not enjoy the individual performances of the various people in this. Because what's great about this as well is that it's not just that WWE, like, 
you can move, you can move, you're just wallpaper. You get to stand in the background. Like the Jimmy and Jason, as we said from the off, as soon as you could see that, like, somehow he's divided the brothers <laughs> in their opinions of him. And the fact that they're now extending this out, and like the first week, Roman said, Come on, sit in the chair, sit in the big chair. And Jay is in the background, steam coming out of his ears. It's like, this is even better than it looked on paper. Especially because often when you do these sorts of storylines, there's the person going, Don't trust this guy. Yeah, he's yeah. not the person we should trust. Everyone's like, What's the problem? But Sammy is the person you could trust. <laughs> yeah. He's a fool in storyline, but Jay just doesn't like him because it's like, I'm the right-hand man. It's great, man. It's really good. Uh, then we get an eight-man. It is uh, the Street Brothers and Hit Row versus Los Lotharios and the greatest tag team in the world, Maximum Male Models, Marseille and Mansoir, uh, with Max and Maxine Dupree at ringside. Well, Bon, uh, not one for the podcast listeners, unfortunately, but for on video. You tag me, please. Absolutely. Apparently, there's a two ways to stick one finger in the air and be over us because, oh my God. Yeah, um, but it basically, I, I, I don't want to get too hyperbolic here, but I'm fairly certain Maximum Male Models have redefined tag team wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> because if you haven't watched yeah. this match, is it, I, I think, is it on Mansoir's Twitter? This, yeah, oh yeah. With a oh, video. Isolated. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't need to know about, it's not about wins and losses, right? Okay. <laughs> what it's about is power and. Maximum male models from day one have yeah. been perfect. Yeah. They remain perfect. There may be a change that I like even more coming. Mm -hmm. But yes, there is a bit in this match. Faces run wild. They beat a man's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Street Profits. Love the Street uh -huh. Profits. And then there's the other thing. Um, and uh, I don't know when this happened exactly. But yes, uh, Mansoir is <laughs> he's beating up Ashanti the Adonis. And uh, Marseille wants the tag. Mm-hmm. You don't slap hands. You no. don't slap backs. You don't slap, you know, any part of, part of your body, your partner's body. You touch tips. Fingertips, touch that is. tips. We just touch Oop. tips on a podcast. And how do you improve on that? Well, you throw your opponent into the ropes, and when they come back towards you, hit them with, like, an elbow or something. Elbow, like, back elbow smash. And it? do a pose, which includes his camera zoom. Oh, my God. I'd have ended the match there. I'd, if I was the ref, I'd have called it. The Kazuchika Okada Rainmaker zoom out on the maximum male models doing blue steel down the lens off a back elbow. What a selection of words. Like, this was... Like, do you know what? This is where I was like, oh, is, he, is he really getting this? Because, like, what have we said about Triple H? It's fun, right? Yes. We're scared what he's going to do to our NXT. Uh, more skulls. Like, any, like straight away, you're, like, you're, you're worried about the health of the patter wrestlers. Like... He puts, like, Elias in hospital on week two. But then in week three, he does that Photoshop, and you're like, maybe, maybe mm -hmm. there's some of that in there. This was, a, like, a realisation of, I, I don't know what this act is in terms of the health of it long term, but it's it's going to go out with a bang. If this has only got six weeks left to run, it's going to be a fun six weeks, because this was, this looked like, like, was it addition by subtraction? Yeah. They were losing, they were kind of there to be jobbers. I the, the thing was, yeah, I looked at this and went, street profits, they don't lose, quite rightly, because they're yeah. mint. Uh, and Hit Row are new, and they're clearly getting a push. They're not going to lose. And you mm. look, and it's like, Los Lotharios are there, and they're incredibly talented, but they ain't winning this match for that team. Yeah. And the maximum male models, I think they've already lost it to Hit Row in the past, mm -hmm. obviously. So you're just hoping for something, and you got it here. Uh, there were some great spots in here. Um, uh, they isolate Adonis, as I say, and then Umberto goes for a dive, but accidentally hits uh, Angel. Dawkins comes in, runs wild, just chucks a bird up in the air. It's ridiculous, Angelo Dawkins, at the moment. Uh, Donis cannonballs off the apron. Ford goes for a dive, but Umberto cuts him off. 
Dawkins dumps Angel to the floor and hits a huge dive onto the heels. Top dollar teases a dive. Yeah. Uh, thankfully for, for everyone, really, Maxine Dupree jumps up on the apron. Then her and B-Fab gets into it. But thankfully, the real star of this uh, eight-man, Max Dupree, Wee! For the time being, For the time being. Uh, gets in between them, and the finish comes when Hit Row hit that heavy hitter finisher on Mansoir for the one, two, three. Yeah, I, beyond the maximum models stuff, I, this was very like sort of TV WWE match fodder, like big moments, big spots. But it's funny you mentioned you isolated um, Angelo Dawkins surprise. I can't work out if the Street Profit split has been dropped or they are now. This could be way too generous. They are subtly doing this thing because Angelo Dawkins, remember like weeks and weeks, months on end of being like, Montez Ford is unbelievable. Yes. They have seemingly switched. And like the Street Profits, like we've met them, lovely guys. Yeah. And you get the impression that there's a real kinship between those two mm-hmm. to want to help each other. Even if they're going to split, they want to elevate each other on the way out. And I just wonder if Montez Ford has taken a step back to give Dawkins the shine ahead of the split. So that there'll be story there. There'll be a sort of like everybody was always talking about you, but like I I brought it as well because there's been loads of Dawkins content of mm. late. Whereas it, where for, for the longest time it was just week after week of just marveling at Ford. They're both class, yeah. And that split, if it does have to come, and I, there's arguments for and against, but I, I I don't think it needs to happen before Mania. Maybe not. Maybe not. Right. I'd like because he's not getting anywhere near the title. I think uh, for me, Montez Ford needs to be fighting for a world title, and that's not happening before Mania. Yeah, possibly not. And, like, you do wonder how impactful the split is unless one of them's getting pushed straight to the moon, but then somebody else... It's WWE, so typically somebody at a partner has to suffer. They love that, like, well, somebody's going to be Marty Jannetty, as if that ever has to be the case. Marty Jannetty was pretty cool. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, I don't know if I, I'm just... If they have just dropped it, that's fine. But Dawkins getting all this spotlight lately has been great. I have one last question for you. Uh, so we had the number one contenders match on Raw. We had this on SmackDown. Like, who... Won last week to become like who who won the feud last week? The Viking Raiders. Their losing opponents the new day were figured into the tag title situation. And they get running it back on is that on Raw or on SmackDown this They're week? Doing the one, again, I think someone's getting wrecked. Again, the Viking Raiders Viking. are coming in. That's got they've got they, well for me. I'm going to because now they've not even got on TV and they win the big feud. Yeah, like, I'm going to you know I'm going to give this the benefit of the doubt as we've done previously with the a, with the AW issues. Yeah, sometimes you, they've earned the fact that I yeah. go okay. no no. They, Hopefully, I don't know. Lost Lotharios are found murdered, not actually, but murdered backstage. Mm. And obviously, the Viking Raiders take their spot because they completely, yeah, legit, and then, and then win. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, not very often we do this, but I want to talk about a WWE.com digital exclusive because they are licking their wounds. Oh, Maximum Melman, and what gorgeous wounds they are! Oh yeah, uh, licking their wounds backstage. Maxine is trying to talk them out of this slump, um, and Max Dupree says you have to go through the day with pauses, dramatic pauses and little looks to get to the night. (laughs) If you do not know what we're talking about, get ready because the greatest professional wrestler (laughs) in the world is arriving. He's already been on your screens. He was just called Max Dupree and he nailed that. But L.A. Nightia! Just the best. Might it be fair to say he's a bit of an office favourite all that later. Yes, I think that's uh, Oh, you know what I was going to say mm-hmm. before we move on? Angelo Dawkins, one thing I don't think people mention enough, his dive's ridiculous mm. for someone like that. Like Montez Ford, his body type. Quite lithe and lean. Exactly. 
and Angelo Dawkins looking at him, you'd go, he's not the one who hits the dives. Mm. But that dive over the top rope is great. He nails it every time. But what astonishes me, and I feel like it hasn't been mentioned enough, I don't think he did it in this match. He did a dive, but I don't think he did the spot I'm going to talk about. Is when he does it, so he hits the ropes, and on the way to diving out the ring, where you kind of want to build up your speed and get yourself set, and many times, either his opponent or Montez, mm. he hurdles them. That's going to mess your stride up. That's going to, yeah. like, you've got to hit your point so you take off and you land and you don't clip your bollocks on the top rope <laughs> or anything like that. It's amazing. So, yeah, all credit to Angelo Dawkins. Uh, we get a video recap next of Burns uh, <laughs> return to Monday Night Raw. Uh, and then on a return to SmackDown, Alpha Academy are back. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Shoosh. Oh, the pause before everyone knew he was going to say shoosh. And he's a heel and everyone hates him. And he still cuts the crowd and everyone's going shoosh because he's just mint. A bit of uh, inside baseball. Uh, and uh, not even the baseball of this office, but the baseball of the uh, Wilborn household. We are sat around dinner eating your wife's fantastic pre-Great North Run pasta bake, oh. with which I need to double check a recipe on now. Oh my god! Yeah, they need to uh, figure out how she makes that cheese roof quite so crispy and mm. crunchy. Because um, I use literal crisps, and I'm getting it wrong. Um, <laughs> there was a point at which uh, the uh, the games came out. We're having a bit of a name game, fun with your parents and all this sort of stuff. And then I think you were what? Was, how would I describe it? being yourself? And yeah. uh, she just said, had quite enough. And I was like, oh wow, it's not just work. And uh, I, it was amazing. Oh, this is for the benefit of the listeners. She just like, there's your parents there. There's you. Going off, being you. And she goes, uh, shoosh. <laughs> like, no Chad Gable cadence. No. She just had to li- She just has to live with you yeah. just to exist in your space that, like, shush in she your house has been replaced with shoosh. And there was, <laughs> the, the, it was incredible, that the deadpan nature of it, because it was like, well, that word's just shush has disappeared. Or, Adam, please be quiet. It's just disappeared now. It's shoosh. There was no Chad Gable to it. She's just like, she's heard you going, shoosh, shoosh, please. It's like, oh, is that what we're doing now? Shoosh. And, and it worked. <laughs> it was like a dog whistle thing where like, yeah. well, he heard it. Like, <laughs> incredible. Unbelievable. Sin. So I, by sort of instinct, was like, shoes, please. And I looked to my left and right, it's your mom and dad. <laughs> like, what, yeah. what are these young people talking about? We met in 2014, me and Anna Louise. Oh, 2014. Halcyon days. Yeah. And then she still said yes. I'd won in 2019 to, to tie herself to me. Oh, she's put a shift in, bless her. Like, <laughs> I had one kid in 2014, and that one kid was one. And I would have been... Probably like just going into work, my job at the time, or whatever, just be like, oh, I'm so tired, this doesn't get any worse. And it's like Future Mike is looking back at you and saying, bloody hell, it's so good. <laughs> what were you thinking? Um, so yeah, Chad Gable do his, does his usual shtick here. Um, but they're here on SmackDown anyway to ruin Strowman's return. Like he ruined the Fatal 4-Way on Monday. And then he, I, I, I never get, I always forget how pissed off American fans get when you slag off the local sports team. We yeah. don't care here no. because there's not really necessarily the the local allegiance. Like I was in a Sainsbury's the other day. And I don't know. Like, like like now in Newcastle, there's like a nice local allegiance to Prince Mohammed bin Salman. <laughs> what was in? Tell me when I'm telling lies. I was in Sainsbury's the other day. And there was like a four year old wearing a Man City kit, and I was like, "What?" But like, yeah. There, if you say. Hey, what about the, the team over in <laughs> Shelbyville? <laughs> he just said, oh, yeah, well, you wouldn't know anything about this, Seattle, because you can't even hold on to your own basketball team. And it was I got a flashback to Elias and Kevin Owens. The same pattern, wasn't it? Was that not the exact Basically, same? Basically, yeah. I was I was like racking my brains. Like, I've, was this, uh, them getting all that heat, was it not the same? You mm. lost your team. 
I think so, so. Either the same state, like American listeners will fill us in and we'll be complete idiots and clowns. But I'm sure it was even the same venue and like this obviously stings that like it franchises how they work. Like it does feel like Chessfield Sunderland, it would be weird just having your team lifted up and moved to a different part of the country, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't like, really understand how that works. It's sports in America. <laughs> or That's how it works. And sports in uh, Milton Keynes, apparently. Of course, yeah. Wimbledon, yeah. Milton yep. Keynes, yeah. Uh, and seen to be Newcastle United. <laughs> so see you at Crown Jewel. <laughs> Gable's putting over Otis. Look, Look at he's got look at that face over with me now. Look yeah. at that face. He kisses it, and then he starts saying, "Oh, this is a monster." Cue <laughs> Braun Strowman, of course, and he comes down to the ring, and Gable sets Otis on him, and they did get a bit of offense in. Mm. It wasn't just you know him flattening them. Uh, numbers game, you know. Otis is still a big lad, uh, but Strowman recovers, power bombs Gable, and then to the uh, excitement of the audience, does manage to hit a nice looking power bomb on Otis as well. I was joking on Raw. Is he bringing Nicholas back? Is this like a sort of, I want my tag belts back, and I got just a, I think you know the guy. He's in, he's in, uh, what year was that, 2018? Yeah. And was he eight? Then was that the gag? Or was he 10? It was like, his age was part of the joke, wasn't it? Like, Braun wins belt with X-year-old boy. Like, Nicholas Cohn. Yeah, the referee. John Cohn's son, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Who is Braun Strowman's best friend? <laughs> is a suggested. I'm friends with the referee's son. Braun Strowman. Um, ten-year-old kid. So that was 2018. Yeah. So he's 16. So he's 16 and legal. So he's <laughs> basically he's been at the PC ever since he won the belt, taking bump. Now he's 16. They can actually put him out there in the ring. And this is all what this What's is. What's that really, for? really good young wrestler that's out there? Oh yeah, um, Nick Wayne. Just bring him in. <laughs> just say it's Nicholas. Nick. First name. Yeah, it's, well, he just goes by Wayne. He now. looks a bit different, huh? I don't uh, remember. Same guy. Definitely. Hubie, innit? So. Braun <laughs> uh, Strowman and Nick Wayne. Uh, Denise, I'm not into this. Sorry. Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, like, ruin the hype. Choo choo train. <laughs> but I'm just not feeling the Braun comeback yet. I am. I am. You are. That's yeah. fine. That's all right. We're allowed to have different I, I think if someone had said, to, I, said, I said this to Andy, if someone had said to me, because obviously I was off for a few days around the, the Clash weekend. And I think the news had sort of broken that he mm. was coming back. I had no idea. So I'm watching Raw early hours of Tuesday morning. Bro, and I'm like, well, I mean, I mean, I'm into it. Like if someone had said to me, do you want Braun Strowman to come back? And I'd gone, I'm not bothered really. Yeah. And then the moment he just, bah, 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 and I'm like, here he is. People are going flying. More of this sort of thing for a bit. So if he is targeting tag teams. I feel a bit seems- sorry for Via though. Yeah, yeah. He's finishing it. Like, well, or is he? Right, so if he is targeting tag teams, and it's like Nicholas is obviously a bit of fun and that, but he's keen to get the tag belts back. Or this is how he's going to be reintroduced back into WWE. And like when that occurred on Monday, a lot of people, as they always do with any situ- any excuse to do like Wyatt fantasy booking, it's Redbeard or it's Bray, or it's like this is going to be part mm-hmm. of it. No, no, no. Like you're not you're not thinking about this with the best possible outcome. Via, or I was going to say, and he's like, oh no, I've got a partner, and it's Omos, and they're just oh the two. Who stops them? Like. Go on, then hold your fingers up now, Usos. How's, <laughs> how's that working out for you? Like, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like, who's going to fight them? Uh, we get... Uh, interviewing Drew McIntyre backstage. Uh, he talks about how Clash at the Castle should have been his moment, all the years building towards this, and how devastated he was. Didn't look it, singing Oasis <laughs> with, uh, with Tyson Fury. But uh, he wants revenge anyway on Solo Sokoa for costing him the title in Cardiff. And then that was the main event. And what an enjoyable main event it was. Mm. Drew McIntyre versus Solo Sokoa. McIntyre is furious, obviously, so he just immediately goes after Sokoa. Um, 
But Sokoa holds his own in there. Um, yes, McIntyre nails him with some big shots, but Sokoa, didn't, he, he didn't look green. He didn't no. look like somebody who'd been no. brought from NXT. He looked like he'd been there for a while. McIntyre hits him with some clotheslines, future shock DDT. He might even hit him with a claymore within the first minute, but the Usos, of course, pull their brother out of the ring to take us to a break. When we come back, Sokoa's in control. It's a nice-looking Samoan drop for a near fall, um, and Michael Cole informs us, unsurprisingly, that the Usos and Zayn had interfered because they kept doing that throughout this. Um, he beats McIntyre down. McIntyre's leaning against the bottom rope. And just uh, Jimmy comes in and just oh. batters him with his right hand. Sokoa hits him with a Rikishi splash. All, all good stuff, this. Uh, but McIntyre fires up after being taunted. Runs wild. Belly-to-belly suplex. Neck breaker. Goes for a big dive. Uh, but Zayn grabs his legs. So McIntyre grabs Zayn and chucks him into the ring. Um, and he's going to claim more Sami Zayn. But Sokoa's back in there and hits him with a super kick and gets a nice near fall off of that. Uh, they trade shots. Zayn distracts the referee. The Usos pull out McIntyre and just start beating him up at ringside. <laughs> I don't know what this referee was doing. I did like the fact this is, this is old Michael Cole. This is not... Vince shouting in your ear, Michael Cole, because he's just berating. He's like, ref, turn around. Yeah. <laughs> Out come the Street Profits to uh, not necessarily even the numbers game, but uh, balance it out somewhat. Yeah. Ford hits a huge crossbody to take out all the heels. Uh, McIntyre hits the Claymore on Sokoa. He has got the match won. And then all of a sudden, in slides, carrying cross. It's a DQ finish, but I'll allow it because of where we're going from here. And I'm really excited to see this head to extreme rules. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts because Karen Cross slides in, grabs, snatches, I think is the phrase, snatches up Drew McIntyre, puts him in that cross jacket submission, chokes him out. Um, tries McIntyre tries with all his might. He's fighting, he's fighting out of it, but it's like a he's like a crocodile, just slowly <laughs> tighten that grip, and Scarlet's just leaning over him, laughing as he gets choked out. Oh my god. <laughs> and uh the show fades to black, but I'd love to know your thoughts on this and the fact that the moment Karen Cross got involved, the screen turns black and white. Uh, I guess Karen Cross only sees things in black and white. TikTok, is this one? <laughs> By which we mean the color balance on uh, Kevin Dunn's screen because apparently it wasn't. To the match first, um, there was a big meaty men slapping meat quality to this, yes. and I think that's what that was smart agenting because, as you say, like there was absolutely no doubt from the first two or three minutes, despite needing the help, well, needing despite getting the help of the bloodline at ringside, that Solo Sikawa was a man that wanted, aspired to belong on Drew McIntyre's level. Again, this is all about the perception of these people. You either bring them up and you treat them like complete losers, or they stare down an uh, established main eventer and they give them a good fight. I would have loved to finish, honestly. Like I got, like you could have easily had Drew beat him and then cross wins. But there's so much bad karma from Vince, just as with Karen Cross beating guys straight away. That maybe Triple H thinks, oh, I can't do that. I cannot book this and have him like I can't book him and have him win. But I can't have Drew get beat, so I have to go down the street. And then you're like, well, why book the match in the first place? But Regardless, the match itself, the quality of the match was such that I think Solo Sokoa left a great impression. The guy, Ken Goo, we said this all along, he wasn't just plucked from obscurity and thrown into the 2.0 dome. He had, like, reasonable pedigree beforehand and, of course, like, huge familiar links to this business as a result of his, of his bloodline. There I am with the mm -hmm. cliches. So, yeah, I thought this was a success as a match. And then, yeah, so Cross locks on the wiki wiki war cross jacket. Um <laughs> which was over once upon a time in NXT, so we give it the benefit of the doubt, regardless of how silly it looks when he's looking like he's recording something for Do They Know It's Christmas Bandit. <laughs> um, 
I mean, the visual effect. I could not sit here and go two-footed in on this when me and you came in that time. We were like, lightning bolts from her fingers! Because <laughs> I quite like that one. Uh, like, I thought this looked garbage. But I love the effect of the show fading out, though. Yeah, like, so I thought this looked absolute toilet, but I'm trying to be objective and say, well, some visual effects work for me and some don't, so clearly I'm clouded by my subjectivity about the cross. I don't want when he wrestles to it for it to be black and white, for example. (laughs) And herein lies the problem with carrying cross right, and they cannot, they cannot fall into this trap again. What is he? Because we had this problem in NXT, right? Is he this guy with this, like, quasi MMA combat sports um, arsenal who can choke you out or he's really hard. Like he's kind of like pub car park fighter with submission holds. <laughs> yes. Is he that guy or has he turned everything black and white? He Keith Lee, what if your contract was on fire? <laughs> yes. Like is he a magic powers guy or is he a car park not. guy with submission moves? Because the black and white effect is a bit like, Ah, uh, he's a magic powers guy then. Like, Drew was already in trouble. And then uh, you can see the colour has drained out of, well, everybody's eyesight because none of us can see in colour anymore. It's a risk. They do this sometimes. It tends not to go that well. Like, you think, like, in arena spotlights, like with Sin Cara or The Fiend. You think Xylee's lightning bolt fingers, which they got bored of. Uh, who else had one? Relatively recently as well. I remember there's another one that'll come back to me, like a visual effect thing that was a key part Axiom. of the faith. Axiom. Yes, indeed, the thing they're doing with the entrance. So... Maybe they'll just treat this as a bit of a an experiment and see if they like it or not. I will say this, right? No matter what you think of the black and white, I thought it was cheesy. A big part of Karen Cross's appeal in NXT, full stop, was aesthetics. Mm-hmm. People went banana for that entrance, pretty much from the off. That was often effective Love enough. that entrance. You know, this is it. Like, people have a memory of it. People will probably have a memory of this. I wouldn't recommend turning the whole camera black and white for the match. God, no. Because sometimes those Karen Cross matches are dry enough without feeling like you're watching a 1950s film on Channel 4 <laughs> on a cheesy <laughs> afternoon. But, yeah, uh, jury's out on that, and indeed Cross as a prospect, but they're all in on him. Like, you cannot say... the right direction, I think, of, like... It's a committed push. You know where this is going. Cross and Drew are going to fight at probably the main event of... of uh, Possibly, yeah. Extreme Rules, and Cross beats McIntyre because McIntyre's done as a baby face in my eyes. Yeah, like, this is what I mean. You cannot knock the commitment to try and get somebody over. And when that somebody 12 months ago was in a disused demolition mask getting pinned in a minute and a half... That's like, there's a commitment to the cause there that yeah. you kind of have to admire. Well, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch that. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn, where you can congratulate both of us. On <laughs> the great if you want to. Still donate to our charities. Fantastic. We were categorically the ones yesterday. Indeed. There is no debate. Um, and you can subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, I'll be back a little bit later on today with Sige to review AW Rampage. And then we'll all be back to look ahead to Monday Night Raw a little bit later on today. Uh, but for now this has been the Smackdown review my thanks to Michael Hamlet thank you for joining us and we will see you soon hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.